In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. Southwest Michigan has had its first snow of the season. National Weather Service meteorologist Dustin Norman tells us the Halloween trick-or-treat snow will continue Wednesday, but taper off by the afternoon. Overall, snowfall amounts aren't going to be too impressive. We're looking at half an inch to an inch, but, you know, with the first snowfall of the year, we always advise people to, to use extra caution when they're driving just in case the roads are slick. Norman says many drivers forget how to drive in the snow when they're experiencing the first snowfall of the year. It reminds commuters to give themselves a little bit of extra time. What are we supposed to expect for a winter overall? We are forecasting a rather strong El Nino, which does result in leans towards a warmer winter with lower precipitation totals in the way of being snowfall. However, take it as you may, it really only takes one or two bad snowstorms to create and define a winter. Norman says temperatures are expected to get into the 50s later this week. You can also expect rain over the weekend. The Bering County Health Department is raising awareness about the dangers of prescription drug abuse. It's launched a campaign to prevent the abuse and tell people about resources that are available for your help. Department Prevention Specialist Lisa Peoples-Hurst tells us prescription drug abuse takes multiple forms. Taking a prescription that's not prescribed to you or in a way that was not prescribed to you. Peoples-Hurst says that's how some addictions start out, innocently enough, when someone doesn't follow the prescription instructions. As for which medications are abused the most, she says opioids are still the most common. There are some people who may be addicted to other prescription drugs like a Ritalin or Adderall, all of those things that may be used for something that's been a diagnosed condition. But the most prevalent misuse is an opioid form. People's Hearst says drug makers and doctors have improved how they talk about addiction risk with patients, partly as a result of lawsuits that have held drug makers accountable. She urges parents to monitor any prescriptions in their homes and ensure teens aren't getting into them. That's because 12% of Michigan's high schoolers have reported misusing a prescription painkiller at some point in their life. We have a link to more information on our website, wsjm.com. Legislation for paid family leave is expected to be up for a vote this month in the Michigan legislature, and advocates say it's a must for the state. Monique Stanton heads up the Michigan League for Public Policy and says the leave is designed sort of like an insurance policy that's set up for somebody when they need it, though contributions come from both the employee and the employer. She adds that for small business owners, this might help level the playing field when it comes to employee recruitment. If all employers in Michigan have a program where they're offering, right now as it stands at 15 weeks of leave, that's something that you don't have to worry about competing with maybe a bigger or more well-resourced employer to recruit and retain your staff. Stanton says employers that have fewer than 25 employees would not be required to pay the employer contribution, but their employees are still eligible for paid family leave through the employee contribution. That would mean additional cost savings for those very small businesses or those nonprofits that would be able to offer their staff a robust program. Election Day is almost here with a preview of what's on the ballot next week in Berrien County. WSJM's Andrew Green. Tuesday is Election Day and there are some hot races on the ballot in Berrien County. In the city of Benton Harbor, Mayor Marcus Muhammad is being challenged by Gwen Johnson, the founder of the Sharp Foundation. There are two commissioner-at-large positions open in Benton Harbor with four candidates seeking them next week. Incumbents Edward Isom and Mary Alice Adams are being challenged by Emma Kennard and Shaquille Turner. Commissioner Sharon Henderson is seeking re-election with no opposition, and Santana Warren is the lone candidate on the ballot for commission in the second ward, although Commissioner Jerry Edwards is mounting a write-in campaign. 
In St. Joseph, there are six candidates running for three seats on the city commission next week. The candidates are incumbent Brooke Thomas, along with Michael Fernandez, Chris Lannert, Sean Osborne, Tess Ulrey, and David Yardley. As for the ballot proposals, Waterville Public Schools is seeking $29.9 million for facilities improvements through a bond. Wesaw Township is seeking a fire department millage, and Benton Harbor is asking voters to renew its operating millage. Andrew Green, WSJM News. Hartford Public Schools is seeking $22.6 million in their bond proposal. It'll be up on the ballot on November 7. WSJM's Alyssa Steinke reports. The school would plan to use this money on infrastructure improvements, safety, ADA upgrades, and other capital investments. One of the improvements include replacing the decades-old water heater, boiler, and pipes that are critical for students' health and for the school to operate. If approved, it's expected to have $0 million in net increase to property owners. The state of Michigan considers a life of a school to be 40 years, while Hartford High School's is around 60. WSJM's Alyssa Steinke. If you're interested in more information regarding the upcoming bond proposal, you can find it on the Hartford Public Schools Facebook page. The 48th anniversary of the sinking of the Edmund Fitzgerald is this month, and the Michigan Maritime Museum in South Haven is holding two events to mark the occasion. Museum Education Director Ashley Deming tells us the wreck is legendary, largely thanks in part to Gordon Lightfoot's song, but also because it's relatively recent. We're happy to be able to share that, commemorate the anniversary of the sinking, as well as remember those lives lost and how many lives truly have been lost on the Great Lakes. Deming says the Maritime Museum will host a live stream of a ceremony taking place in the UP on November 10, the anniversary of the sinking. We are commemorating the actual anniversary of the sinking of the Fitz. And we're doing that in partnership with the Great Lakes Shipwreck Museum up at Whitefish Point. So they have a virtual ceremony that they do, and we'll be live streaming that here at our campus. The event will be at 7 p.m., and the public is invited to attend. It's free. Deming tells us the museum will also host guest speaker Rick Mixter, for the Edmund Fitzgerald investigations on November 15th. She tells us he's one of the top researchers of the wreck, and he will share a wealth of photos and stories. The event will be $10 for non-members of the museum to attend. That starts at 6.30 on the 15th. In other state news, an independent investigation has concluded that a threat assessment should have been conducted by school officials into Ethan Crumbly's behavior prior to a shooting that left four students dead and others wounded at Oakland County's Oxford High School. A more than 500-page report released on Monday says Crumbly's conduct included viewing bullets, watching violent video on his cell phone during class, and writing statements like blood everywhere. Attorney Ven Johnson says everyone needs to learn from this tragedy. The only way to take such a tragedy and make anything ever good at it is to call it what it really was, hold the people and the entities that are responsible, responsible under the law, and then assess, okay, now that we know we did wrong, let's talk about what we can do right. The report spread blame throughout the Oxford school's leadership. Crumbly, now 17, pleaded guilty a year ago to first-degree murder and terrorism charges in the November 2021 shooting. Apparently, it's not a good time to be running a car company. Eric Gordon, business professor at the University of Michigan-Ross, says on top of adjusting to a new cost structure and investing billions into EVs, it will be harder for the big three to compete with non-union shops. Whether it's Tesla, whether it's non-U.S. car companies producing at non-UAW plants, 
those those other folks are going to be at a big advantage. And Elon Musk, who is Mr. Tesla, he has said that over and over again. He has said that uh, these negotiations are great for us. Gordon says in the short term, the UAW agreement will be a great deal for workers. However, this will make it very difficult for the big three to avoid raising prices since labor is a significant cost. It means that in the future, we'll be paying a little bit more for cars from the big three. And trick-or-treating may be over, and it was a lot of fun for the kids for sure, but associate dental consultant at Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan, Dr. Christy Thomas, says don't let your kids just eat all the candy all day long. Do not skip dinner. Dinner is important. Um, We don't want to replace hunger with candy. Um, It it has a problem. Um, You will have to eat a lot amount of candy to feel full. So then you'll get a spike in energy and then you'll crash. Thomas says the average child is likely to consume between 3,500 and 7,000 calories from candy around Halloween. She says, always make sure that your kids get in the habit of flossing and brushing their teeth twice a day. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.